How's it going? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Gym Crack Podcast. I am your host, Adrian Allen, and today, people, what I would like to talk about is energy balance. Energy balance in terms of everything that's got to do in a nutritional sense, which you understanding how many calories your body needs, understanding uh, things around your total daily energy expenditure, which in layman's terms is your maintenance calories. A lot of people that I find that, you know, it's 2022, if we just understood the basics and simple fact of nutrition and why it is we need a certain amount of calories to sustain life and why it is that under eating and quick fixes don't get you to where you need to go, then the world is going to be a better place. So in this podcast today, I'm going to go over a couple of simple facts, understanding what energy balance means, understanding your total daily energy expenditure, which is your maintenance calories, why macros and calories matter. So we'll go through the numbers, tracking tips, how to track your intake and why it helps when you track. Obviously, it's not for everyone, but I'm going to explain to you why I would recommend that you do spend a little bit of time doing it to educate yourself and then why quick fixes do not work and why maybe the slow fix is what works, okay? So there's a couple of things that I'm going to go through and I'm going to break them down for you and I'm going to keep this nice and simple. And again, if you do have any questions, by all means, you know, don't be afraid to hit me up. Just hit me with the word podcast and we can start to chat and, you know, I'm always here to help you out. Now, the reason why I kind of wanted to talk about this today is next week I run a free five-day challenge. Okay, free five-day challenge just designed around uh, doing a couple of fitness challenges to get people moving. Who's it for? It's for if you are listening to this podcast and you like what I do, then I think I can help you. And it's a case of over the five days, it's a bit of fun, it's a bit of banter, it's to get you moving a bit more. We're looking at your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health. You know, it's these little things that are going to give us the biggest bang for your buck. You are not going to lose five kg in five days or five pounds in five days. I'm not selling you that. I'm not trying to entice you to come and do it because of that. But, you know, optimal health begins with understanding how it is that you can actually maintain your results long term. So that's where the slow fix comes in. Then I will be doing a six-week um, a six-week program after that, and that starts around the middle of June. So keep an eye out for that. And again, with six weeks in, that's when the real work can start. That's when you can actually have time, have a bit of patience, understand that this takes time. And that's where the six weeks will come into play again. You know, I'll be giving you training programs in the gym or at home, We'll have weekly calls. We'll have nutrition involved, obviously. They'll be getting you to understand the basics of nutrition, giving you time to track and so forth. But basically what the importance of this podcast will be to take you through kind of all these elements of understanding nutrition so how you can actually get started, okay? Now, what I'm going to start with is energy balance. What I want you to think about, okay, and a lot of people... Will, will come to me for fat loss, okay? This isn't about fat loss. This is understanding, yes, you will understand how to achieve fat loss, but I want you to understand that energy balance and your maintenance calories is a beautiful place to be in. 
it's a beautiful place to live. I've always said it. It's like if you can, if you understand how many calories you are eating and you are maintaining your current body weight, then the options are endless. What you want to do next in your life? Do you want to build muscle? Do you want to maintain weight? Do you want to lose weight? But you need to understand where that tipping point is, okay? And it does take practice. Now, the first part of that is I want you, want you to imagine that you're on a seesaw. You're on one end of the seesaw. Imagine you are 70 kg and there's an, a weight on the other side, a 70 kg block on the other side. And it's tipping. So you're in the middle or you're on one end of the 70 kg block or whatever you weigh is on the other end. And it is maintaining its weight. Okay, so you're in a balanced weight, basically. Now, if you decide to eat more calories than you are consuming, then the scale starts to tip. If you start to decrease the calories that you're eating, then the weighing scale starts to tip the other way and you become negative energy balance. Now, I'm going to go through these and I'm going to break them down nice and simply for you. But energy balance basically means maintenance calories okay or energy balance means that you are going to maintain your weight if you eat x amount of calories and this is where everyone is different and where people have to be mindful that just because john down the road is on x amount of calories and sheila is down the road on x amount of calories mean that they're for you they're totally two different people and you've got to remember that you are different you are unique in your own way especially when it comes to how much you should be eating so one of the first things we'll do is we'll just energy balance okay energy balance basically like your maintenance calories all right so let's take a person for instance now i do have a calculator and i link it to this show about how you can figure out how to do your own calculation okay getting the calculation is the first stepping stone now there's loads of calculators on the internet that will tell you what your maintenance calories are okay it'll give your maintenance calories and then some will even do like they'll give you your fat loss calories and some will give you your calories for um for building muscle but building muscle will always depend on if you're actually doing resistance training you can't just eat more calories and then be like oh i'm going to build muscle no you have to be doing the training that goes with it otherwise it's just going to be body fat so when you decide to use the calorie calculator or any calorie calculator as a matter of fact what will happen okay and what is the goal here you fill it in like you're male or female you fill in your age whatever age you are again it doesn't matter if you were 24 or 44 using an age does not differ just because you're older or younger what can have an effect on that is your weight so two people the exact same age the exact same height okay and but are different weights so imagine if someone was at 100 kg and someone is at 60 kg the person at 60 or at 60 kg is going to have a lower tdee okay and the uh, tdee stands for total daily energy expenditure the bigger the person is the more calories that that person will require to maintain their actual body weight now that person may be might want to lose body fat that person might not okay they might not be overweight they might just be big and strong but if you're 100 kgs versus 60 kg there's more of you so you will require more calories to sustain life and to you know maintain your current body weight you'll enter your 
details like kgs and centimeters and then your act activity level now with the activity level this is where people get really caught up most people over exaggerate how much they're actually working out okay and i'll touch on this again obviously later on but more often not calculators will give you um sedentary lightly active moderately active very active and extremely active 90 percent of people that come to me are more often than not lightly active so if fat loss was your goal there's a reason you're probably over obviously over consuming food is number one and number two is that you're not as active as you might think you are or your fitbit or your garmin watch is telling you you're burning a thousand calories a day at your workout probably bullshit okay so again people over exaggerate the amount that they actually do versus how much they actually are burning so Again, the first thing that I would do is you're probably 90% of people, like I said, are more often than not lightly active or moderately active. Lightly active seems to be a good choice for a lot of people because you're better to underestimate than overestimate when it comes to it, okay? So that's the first thing you do. And like I said, every calorie calculator on the internet is there as a guide to give you a starting point. But it's not just good enough to know your number. You need to understand, like how am I actually going to the food the food choices you make the tracking from day to day how do I understand what food is good for me what food should I eat less of because remember there's no good or bad foods they're all the same it's just the quantity is the problem for some people okay so once you do the calculation you get a number that abbreviated is down it says TDEE it is basically that is your total daily energy expenditure but in layman's terms Let's make it simple. It's your maintenance calories. This is the amount of calories that your body requires to maintain its current body weight. Okay. So once you understand that part, it's when you start to dig deeper into uh, understanding your how to break down your TD. So you let's say, for instance, you're given 2,200 calories. Most of those calories are going to come from four, or all the calories basically are going to come from four main areas, okay? You'll have your BMR, which stands for basal metabolic rate. That's about 70% of your total calories. Your BMR and your basal metabolic rate is, again, if you were asleep at night, your body's burning calories. If you happen to go to hospital and you're in a coma, your BMR is the amount your body is still burning calories. Your body requires calories to keep your organs functioning, to keep your heart going. So your body is always utilizing energy, no matter what you're doing, whether you're asleep, whether you're at rest, whether you're in a coma, your body requires energy to keep you moving. So the number that you receive to get your maintenance calories is broken down into four stages and your BMR contains about 70% of that. So for for someone that was maybe like their maintenance calories was 2,000 to 200 calories, their BMR might be 15 to 1,700 calories, all right? Then you have what is called your NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Now, never mind the big words, please. Again, it's just the, the knowledge around this. This contains about 10 to 15%, so that's added to your BMR. You'll have the thermal effect of food, so the digestion of food is another 10%. That adds again up to um, you're now adding that onto your BMR and your NEAT levels. And then last but not least is your physical activity level it makes up about five to 10% of your total calories. 
in a normal person say we're not talking about athletes training for Ironman or anything no like that's just like general people so when you add these four together you're getting your maintenance calories okay and again BMR doesn't really change much um your physical activity level depending on how much you do in a week can kind of change but people do generally overestimate how much they actually burn true physical exercise and again if weight loss is your goal you should never be using training as a way of burning calories okay or exercise exercise should be enjoyed exercise is good for your physical and mental health and your emotional health but going to the gym or going for a walk just because i want to lose weight you know it is obviously the health benefits are there but if we control what we eat and we understand and we have the knowledge around what we are eating then you will exercise because you love doing it and because it's benefiting you and when you realize what you do this is what we say it's like it's not what you do in the gym for 45 minutes or an hour it's what you do for the other 23 hours of the day and that 23 hours of the day is when you can be eating when you're away from the gym or you're away from your you know from exercising or from your workouts is that what you do in the other 23 hours a day is going to have a massive, massive impact on you getting the results that, you know, you want to achieve. So back with the energy balance, and I'm just going to go through, obviously, a couple of terms that you would have heard about, okay? We leave the calorie deficit off to the last because that's where I think everyone will understand what is a calorie deficit. But when we're talking about energy balance and we're talking about maintaining calories, then this is, like I said, it's a perfect place to be. If, you're, if your maintenance calories is 2,200 and you're eating 2,200 calories every single day, then you are not going to lose weight. You're just going to maintain weight, okay? You maintain your weight. So if you do that every day for 30 days, then you maintain weight, then you'll know exactly that that is your actual, that is your tipping point. It's like, I know exactly what my maintenance calories are. And then you can figure out like, oh, some down the line, it's like, do I actually want to lose weight or do I want to gain weight? A positive energy balance. Again, this can lead to two separate um, effects. It can add to adding more body fat to your body if you're constantly eating too much, which again is, is not good for the health. But if you are adding calories, so if your TDE is 2,200 and you want to add a bit of muscle mass to your to your body, then maybe eating in a surplus, which might take you to 2,500 calories per day, and that's an extra 300, and you're doing um, resistance training, going to the gym, then you have a good chance of building muscle. You can, in an untrained person, build muscle at maintenance if you haven't much experience in the gym. Like if you haven't been going to the gym much and you're just starting off, then you can actually build a bit of muscle at maintenance. So again, People sometimes go a bit overboard with their um, with their calculations and be like, oh, I need to be five or 600 calories surplus each day. You are going to put on a bit of body fat and you are going to put on uh, a little bit of muscle mass. But for most people, we find that the calorie increase does not have to be so extreme. Then obviously you have your negative calorie uh, energy balance, which you might also know as a calorie deficit. I like to say negative energy balance, calorie deficit gets thrown around and fired around too much for people to be like, oh, I just have to be in a deficit. But again, you know, if we are under eating each day, that is a negative energy balance. Uh, if you do not do this in a humane way and you decide to starve yourself, then long term, this is not going to be good for you. 
So what I do always recommend is like a 20, 15 to 20% deficit to start off. So if you're on 2,200 calories, then your weight loss calories will be somewhere in around the 1,700 calories to 1,800 in around. So we always, I don't ever give someone, this is your calories, this is what you have to hit. You know, it's always in and around. And again, you've got to stick with that for maybe two to four weeks before you can see that this is actually working for you. But again, it does take that approach that it, it does take time. There is no quick fix, like I said. And once you start to see that this is working for you, and I'll get into how you can track to make it easier for you, then you realize that this will work for you. Not a quick fix of going down to 1,200 calories per day, trying it for two weeks, going as hard and as aggress- and aggressive as you can. It will not work for you long term. Yes, there will be at the start, you're going to lose weight, you're going to lose water, you're going to not be having as many carbs so there's a lot of a lot of water weight is going to be lost one liter of water equals one kg even last week um after when i weighed myself before my marathon i was 90 kg a week later i was 86 kg because again i wasn't drinking as much water and i wasn't eating as much carbs as i was before i was getting into the race so like that's four kgs of a difference that wasn't fat loss that was just water okay so understanding the difference between fat loss and actual water weight now so you understand again we've talked about the tde and we to understanding your energy balance and finding that number so again click the link down below find out what your tde is and that is your maintenance number but again it's not just good enough for me to give you your maintenance number You've now got to understand, you know, why it is that macros and calories actually matter. Now, why calories and macros matter? And I'm going to go into some numbers here with you. When I talk to people, I always think about optimal health, okay? I'm always looking at how is it I can have you living optimally? Like, how can I have you living at your best? How can I have you eating the foods that you enjoy? How do I have you eating everything that you physically want to eat but knowing what it is that you know whether it is right for you or whether that the amount that you're having is correct to suit your goals so there's no foods that's off the table there is no foods that's off the table now when we talk about macros we talk about calories and i won't confuse you too much but like i said calories will matter when it is when it comes to losing body weight so if you do if you're on 2200 calories and you want to lose weight and you're eating 1700 calories no matter how you get them whether you get them from mcdonald's whether you get them from starbucks whether you get them from eating a vegetarian diet whether you get it from eating carnivore diet only if you're eating 1700 calories and your maintenance is 2200 you will start to lose weight plain and simple you will start to lose body fat but to live optimally, what I like to do is that everyone gets a macro or um, like, yes, a macro breakdown of protein, a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of fats, and a certain amount of carbohydrates. And you also, I also like to put in that you are getting a certain amount of fiber in your diet. Yes, there is sugar. Yes, there is alcohol. Carbs are sugars, basically, which we'll get into. But I always like to have people having a balanced diet of our three main macronutrients, which is protein, carbs, and fats. Now, when it does come to of each, or 
a certain amount of each. Let's just take, again, you're eating 2,200 calories. I like to give people in around that, like in around, everyone's different, but around 30% of your calories will come from protein, around 30% of your uh, calorie intake can come from fats, and around 30% will come from carbs. Again, that leaves us with 90. There'll be a bit of taking from either to get us to our 100%. What you must understand about each macronutrient, why is it we will eat protein? And how much protein do we actually need in a day? Now, studies have shown it can be anywhere from 1.6 up to 2.5 grams per kg of body weight. What I like to do with people, and to make it as clear and as simple as possible, some people have ne- don't have a clue how much protein they are eating, okay? So at the very beginning, that could be getting you to eat one gram of protein per kg of body weight. So if you're a 70 kg person, the starting point would be to get you to 70 k or to 70 grams of protein per day. But that is very low. Trust me, it's low, but it's a starting point. So we can never say to anyone that it's not enough. But if you're eating less than that and you have never done this before, then it's a great starting point, isn't it? Okay, so wherever you are on the spectrum, that if you haven't done it before, getting to that one gram will be your first goal. What I do like to get people to is in between 1.5 to 2 grams per kg of body weight. Okay, so if you're a 70 kg person, 1.5 multiplied by 70 gives us roughly nearly about 110 grams of protein per day. That's at like, for me, that's at the lower end. And then at the higher end, you're going for 2 grams per kg of body weight. So that's roughly somewhere... 2 grams per kg of body weight, 70 kg, so it's 140 grams of protein, okay, is a great starting point. So we're just in around that. So if we could be in around 110 to 140, that's if you're a 70 kg person. If you're 60, it would be less. If you're 80 kg, it's going to be more, okay? So this is where, you know, you're given targets to kind of be in and around that mark. And then you get better at it. Trust me, you get better at it. And again, the reason why you're having protein in the diet is that it repairs the body, after a training session, it also feels, makes you feel fuller for longer. And again, you can get it from a wide variety of sources. You can get it from eggs. You get it from fish. You can get it from steak. You can get it from beans. You can get it from tofu. You know, there's plenty of ways to get it in. But again, if you haven't got my macro cheat sheet, um, again, send me a message and I will send that on to you. That actually goes through all the proteins and how many how many grams of protein per 100 grams of actual weight is in protein. So a lot of people get confused. Like you could have 100 grams of salmon, that actually holds 20 grams of protein. You could have 100 grams of chicken, that actually holds 30 grams of protein in the 100 grams. 100 grams of chicken doesn't mean you're eating 100 grams of protein, okay? So again, understanding the protein breakdown is like getting 1.5 to 2 grams per kg of body weight in. If you are a 70 kg person, like I said, you know, that will give you at the top end will be 140 grams of protein. Okay. But again, you know, everyone is different and it's just, that is the kind of range where you want to be in. When it comes to fats, now fats again in the diet, fats, I always look at these second, okay, as as the second um, essential macronutrient. Though I don't think it is nearly as optimal as carbohydrates for performance, fats are a must. And again, we must ensure that you're getting a certain amount. Fats help with nutrient uptake or with nutrient uptake and with vitamins and minerals. Okay. 
So again, so if you're taking a multivitamin, sometimes sometimes you need fats in the diet to absorb the actual the vitamins that it is taking. So fats fats are vitally important, and especially for women as well. Girls should be getting in around one gram. So again, let's use the 70 kg person. You need to be getting about one gram of fats per kg of body weight in. Okay. This is, again, to improve our hormone markers. So for girls, things like progesterone um, and estrogen, okay? And then for guys, you're talking about testosterone, okay? We need fats in the body so that, you know, that these this macronutrient is vital. Dietary fat is what we're looking for. So there's um, monosaturated fats, which are singular, and then we have poly, which are double molecule. Now, not getting into think your avocados, think about... Um, cheeses like feta cheese think about salmon holds uh, great fats in the body and it is going to be beneficial for you to get a wide variety of different fats in okay nuts and seeds everything like that a lot of people do miss out on the fat intake but again it is a massive part of macronutrients and to help with body composition again protein fats and then obviously the last one is your carbs Now, this is where carbs get a bad rap. Carbs are everywhere. Carbs are in absolutely everything that you buy, basically. But for optimal health, you're thinking about, okay, there's simple carbohydrates, which are more sugar. So, you know, anything that you buy in a bakery, uh, a lot of your breads, your white breads, your white pastas, you know, these can be simple carbohydrates where you want to look at your complex carbohydrates, sweet potato, whole grains, sweet potato, Everything's kind of like that is not refined. So when it comes in a package and you see that, oh, there's a a, a shelf life of three or four weeks, then more often than not, it's processed and all the refined carbohydrates were probably going to be inside in that. So, you know, we want to look at fresh fruit and vegetables, high in fiber, and again, that they are a complex carbohydrate so that they are slow releasing and that they don't rise your blood sugar too much. Now, when it comes to how you track, so you understand that, you know, you want to get a balanced diet. You want to be eating um, a mix of your proteins, your carbs, and your fats. And again, once you're eating your fruits and vegetables, you're going to get your fiber intake in. And again, roughly for anyone listening, it's always going to be in around the 20 to 25 grams of fiber. How do you know exactly how much fiber you need in your diet? Well, then that can depend on how many calories you're actually eating. So if someone was eating... 3,000 calories in their fiber intake would be a little bit higher. Someone in around 2,000 to to 2,500 calories, then roughly we should be talking about 20 to 25 grams of fiber per day. Again, fiber helps. Fiber is good for the gut. So again, the gut is something that I think we've kind of skipped over until you get into the nutritional science side of things. How important the gut actually is the gut is like your garden in your stomach and it needs to be kept fertilized through fiber basically you keep your gut help your gut health healthy and then you'll reap the benefits you'll have less breakouts on your skin you'll have less acne you'll have less digestion problems and again you'll be you'll see yourself going to the toilet more regularly as soon as you start to get that fiber and again the more fiber you have in your diet the more water you will need to drink and then that helps to pass everything out so that you have a nice time going to the toilet, basically. Now, 
we've under, we understand what the macros are, protein, carbs, and fats. Then what we're looking at is why is it, why would I track? Why is tracking my food helpful? Or why does it, why do I have to track? A lot of people are resistant to it, okay? A lot of people will be like, oh, I don't like tracking. It's not good for me. It's not good for my mental health. It's, you know, it's not easy, yada, yada, yada. You know, I get it. It isn't easy and it does take a lot of practice. So what I say to people, it's like everything at the start. It's, this takes time, okay? It does take time. It's not easy, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. Think of a time when you thought something was impossible. Think about driving a car. Remember the first day you got into a car and you went to change, press the clutch, change the gears, hit the brake. Oh my God, car coming towards me. Oh my God, person about to drive out in their bicycle in front of me. Your head is all over the place. And it's the exact same thing as when you're tracking calories. It just, it's complicated at the start because you do not know what you're doing. Everything that you've done in your life, it started when it was com- you were complicated doing it, doing the task. Now you can do things on autopilot. Just like me recording a podcast, it, it becomes natural to you. But there is a couple of ways and the benefits around food tracking. My number one reason why I get people to track at the start. Now, there is a number of different ways you can track. You've obviously all heard of MyFitnessPal. Chronometer is another one that I want you to get used to using. Chronometer will change your experience with how you eat a lot more than my fitness pal will. I tell you, my fitness pal is great because it gets you started, but chronometer will really tell you about the foods you're eating and the quality of the foods all the way down to the micronutrients. It's amazing. Some people I have using an app called See How You Eat. They basically take pictures of their food. Now, does this tell them how many calories in there is in their food? It does not. But for some people, it is a starting point to tracking their food. And it works for some people. Some people are losing weight, but they're not getting the education around how many calories am I consuming? How much macros am I consuming? Yes, is there a protein source in this? Yes, you can answer that, right? But until someone is ready to to really go in deep and track at 100%, it does take time. So for some people, that is the starting point. Again, it's just taking a picture of the food. It's It loads onto an app and there's like six or eight boxes and you can see the meals, but you know, there's no way for me to know that that is calorie dense or not. You know what I mean? That's just, but it's a stepping stone for someone that wants to track. Now, why it is beneficial, okay? Like I said, it will inform you how nutrient-dense your food is. Nutrient-dense as well as calorie-dense, okay? Think of the two. You can have McDonald's, but there's going to be no nutrients in it. Or you can have a, a, f- a food source with protein, carbs, and fats, and you can see all the nutrients you're getting in. So it does help you. It does give you a better understanding of, like, education around the foods that you're eating. That is the number one reason why... I always get someone to track. It's just so that you have the education. And when you reach your goal in eight or 12 weeks time, you understand how you got there, okay? Because it's very easy. Someone could lose weight or someone can gain muscle or someone can figure out that this is working for them, but they don't know how it's working. And, you know, to reach your goal once is great, but to continue to reach your goals will take some education around it. So that is one of the first reasons I do get people to track. But again, it takes time. The first thing we look at is just increasing your protein. The second thing we would look at is 
okay, are you hitting your overall calories? And once they start to get a picture, they get a picture of what it is they're eating and what it is works for them, then that's where we can make slight changes. But I never give meal plans. I don't believe meal plans are the way to go. I certainly don't offer any meal plans to anyone. I say, you eat, show me what you eat. That's what I say, like, show me what you're eating. Don't tell me how good you're eating. Show me what you're eating. And then that way, we'll know. But some people come to you, oh, I'm eating healthy. It's like, don't tell me, show me. And by tracking food, you know, it does show you that. It also holds you accountable. By logging, you are aware of, like I said, of your daily calorie intake. It helps you balance your total calories and macronutrients throughout the day. So again, for body composition, understanding and getting the correct kind of, not the correct macro split. I hate saying anything is correct, but getting a balanced macro split is going to help you reach your body composition goals. You know what I mean? Like, so again, like we want nutrients, we want to aim for optimal health. And by tracking your total calories, by hitting your macros, you hit your calories. Okay. So if I said to you, you're on X amount of protein, X amount of carbs, X amount of fats, and you're on 2,200 calories. By hitting your your macros, you'll hit your calories because they're all linked together, okay? It definitely helps you reach your goals. And like I said, it helps you stay there. That is the thing. Anyone can reach a goal. It's how do you stay on top once you reach your goal? Because a lot of people can slip back off. Some people might have a weight loss goal of I want to lose 6 kg in 12 weeks. They get to the end of the 12 weeks. They could have got, they could have gotten to their goal, but if they weren't tracking their food, they won't know how they got there because the, the only reason you reached the weight loss goal is because you were in control of your food. But that's the other side of the thing. You could have reached your weight loss goal, but you could be chronically under eating and stressing your body. Being in a calorie deficit is a form of stress, basically. But again, you know, so obviously some people do need to lose weight. Some people don't need to lose that much weight but if you continued eating imagine if it was you were on a thousand calories that got you to your goal then there's going to be an issue later on down the line 100 percent. if you stuck with that you are going to have an issue later on down the line by under eating chronically under eating so just because you reached a weight loss goal doesn't mean that you're living to optimal health okay when you're tracking your food we get so good at it trust me you become so well um so well calculated that, you know, we usually eat 80% of the same food. You can be planning ahead. You'll get good at it. You'll be like, okay, on Monday, I I had this for breakfast, and I know I'm probably going to eat that four days this week. So I put it in Monday to Thursday. And then on Friday, I eat out or I do something else. My dinners, you might be making a dinner in the evening, and you might also have it for lunch the next day. And you're like, okay, well, I'll just enter it in now, and I'll enter it in for tomorrow. So planning ahead is always a great way to actually, you know, that you're not going off track. And then there's less chance if the food is prepared that you actually are going to stick with what it is that you, you know, what your goals are. Now, we all know that quick fixes. Everyone is always looking for a quick fix. If it was a case of how do I make a thousand euros by tomorrow? You know, we're looking for the, the quick fix. Whereas like if you took the slow and steady approach and you realize I want to save my thousand my thousand euros in two months, then you would get there because you you would have a better understanding of how you actually went about achieving that goal for long-term success. So again, when it comes to why quick fixes won't last, think about the slow fix. Okay. Think about the slow fix. Yes, 
delayed gratification. I know people like want it. We all want the result yesterday, but trust me, when you learn the process of how you get to your goal, then you have a better chance of achieving that goal time after time. And the way I look at it is, I suppose most people that will be listening to this might be in around the age of 25 to 35 or 40, whatever the case may be. Think about when you have kids, maybe, and your your children are overweight, okay? Let's, let's say that. Say your child is overweight. How about you let them try and figure out for the next 30 years how they are going to do this? Whereas if you actually start to take control now, you're in this position now, you, you want to understand nutrition, you want to understand how you can achieve some goals when it comes to your health and fitness, you want to be able to teach that to your children when they get older, okay? So that's think about it that way. You're not just doing this for yourself, you're doing it for people, and you're, like, you can teach your friends, you can teach your parents. Your parents probably aren't going to be learning this right now, and they probably have no interest in learning it, but you can probably... If your parents are at 60 years of age, you know what I mean? They still have hopefully another 30 years or more here. You want to be educating them on how to eat better also. So I always kind of think back to that when I'm learning things. How do I, like, you know, can I teach my mother? Can I teach my father things? Can I teach my children these simple structures that we're going around in circles for with the last 10 to 15 years trying to figure it out for ourselves? Because unfortunately, my parents didn't teach me. And I had to go about this myself. Yes, I was overweight when I was younger, so probably I didn't want I did not want this to happen to me again. And you know, it's taken me a long time to figure it out and the process is not easy. But understanding that like the the popular quick fixes are out there. They'll tell you, okay, like lose six kg in six weeks. Uh, a lot of these detox programs are out there. Basically what they are doing is they are stripping you of any water intake. You are not going to lose um, six kg of body fat in a week. I can personally guarantee that no one is going to be losing X amount of body fat in a week. If it's this, if it's too good to be true, statement comes out is probably too good to be true. If you do want to know the number, okay, to lose one kg of body fat, you need to be in a, a deficit of about seven thousand seven hundred calories over the course of however long that may be. So if it was 500 calories a day, you're in a deficit, you have the potential after two weeks to lose one kg of body fat. And that's even at that, that's, that's a lot of work. That will take a lot of work. And even 500 deficit a day might be too much for some people. It might be three to 400 calorie deficit. So it might actually take them 20 days to lose one kg of body fat. Um, so understanding that, that there is no quick fixes out there, you know, you've got to do the work, you still got to feed your body from day to day, you've got to give your body energy. And again, whenever, whenever there is a quick fix or someone will come to you and be like, Oh, I lost two kg this week. You, you haven't lost two kg of body fat. You've probably lost a little bit of body fat. Hopefully. Yes. If you've been doing the work, but you've also more often not is the inflammatory response is what you are losing is you're losing water, okay? You're losing water. One liter of water is one kg of body weight. So if you drank a liter of water now, and you or you weighed yourself on your weighing scales, and you, you weigh 70 kg, and you go for, you go down to the, the kitchen, and you grab a liter of water, and you drink it, you, you go back, you stand on the weighing scales, you are going to be one kg heavier. It's the exact same thing if you go out on the road, and you're out there for an hour, and you sweat like mad, and you come in, you weigh yourself, you haven't lost a kg of fat, you've lost a liter of water, okay, so understanding that, you know, they are, 
that is what you're doing. The health risk to quick fixes are there. Not only, you know, are you depriving your body probably of a certain macronutrient, a lot of these quick fixes will deprive you of carbs. When you deprive your body of carbs, you will hold less water in your body, okay? Which in turn will lead to dehydration, which also in turn leads to a lot of vitamins and electrolytes being uh, being lost through the body. And then, you know, which in turn can turn into irregular heartbeat. It can turn into, um, you can be hyperglycemic where, glycemic where you like your blood, blood sugar levels will go really low and you might feel like, oh my God, I'm getting dizzy. So this is the dangers around any juice cleanses or any of these fad diets. What we are looking for is that we're always eating, always eating the correct amount of food that is suitable for us. So we're getting our protein in, we're getting our carbs in, and we're getting our fats in, and we're not limiting any macronutrient, okay? And that way, people, once you start to understand your total calories, how much you should be eating, your understanding, like your how your macros, when you get your macros and you get your calories, again, it's going to take time. It's not designed to to stress you out, but if you know how much you should be eating, you're willing to do the work, you're willing to find a tracking method that suits you, and you're willing to avoid the quick fix, and you realize that, okay, I know that if I can stick with this for four to six weeks, I can actually learn what I'm doing, and I can actually see visible results, and I feel great. That's exactly what optimal health and optimal living should feel like, and that's not just after six weeks, that's for 12 weeks, that's for 12 months. That's for 10 years. And when you do fall off the wagon, which we're all doomed to fall off the wagon at some stage, is how we get back on because we understand what it takes to get back on again. So again, hope this episode helps. If it is such thing you are looking to improve your way of life, it's probably too late. Well, if you're listening to this by today, which is the 26th of May, there is a chance you can jump on my five my five day free challenge next week. Again, get involved. We'll be doing. We'll be going through daily habits. We'll be going through daily fitness tasks just to get you moving, get you back into the swing of things, not setting anyone up for failure. And then the week after that, I have something coming. I have a six week program coming again over the six weeks. Hopefully, you can get plenty of people on. And the idea over the six weeks is to educate you on how to achieve your goals. Whether that is performance goals, whether that is weight loss goals, whatever the case may be. You know, if you feel that you are having lack of structure, you feel that, you know, you could do with having been surrounded by people of like-minded people that are pushing or rowing the same way as you, that you want to achieve your goals, then my six-week program might be just what you're looking for okay that will start in the middle of june and it will run until the end of july so if that's something you're interested in hit me up send me a message and yeah looking forward to chatting to you all soon take care bye bye and have a good weekend